Recovery from Anything features real stories that some listeners might find distressing. Check the show notes for specific content warnings and information on support services. I realised, oh my God, like there's been a lot of stuff that I've felt a lot of pain and sadness about, but I've never shown or told anyone because I didn't know how to, like I never learned how to be sad or or say those sad emotions out loud. Welcome to Recovery From Anything. I'm your host, Abby Felton. On this podcast, we cover a lot of hard-hitting topics. Issues that reside on the outskirts of society. The kind of stuff that nobody else wants to talk about, but undeniably exists. Some are deeply traumatic events through which people have persevered. Others are complex disorders that once caused chaos in our storytellers' lives, but they have since learned how to manage, even using them as a source of gratitude in their lives. But not everything we must recover from has to be as severe as crystal meth addiction or disrupting us bipolar. Recovery is not limited to traumatic experiences. It can also apply to simpler daily issues in life. It's the process of healing and returning to a state of well-being after facing challenges or difficulties, whether they're major traumas or everyday stresses. For example... I could do an entire solo episode on recovering from burnout. I've recently left my job at marketing agency to become self-employed and focus on content creation and podcasting full-time. Lucky me. Over the last two years, I have been juggling so many responsibilities that both my mental and physical health began to be severely impacted. I was staying up until 2am to work on my latest project, only to be in the gym at 6 I would wake up crying because I was so overwhelmed, then spend the day draining what little energy I had until I was but a shell of the person I used to be. Things are getting a little bit better now, a bit more settled, but I'm still in the process of recovering from the toll that lifestyle had on me. This week's storyteller did endure a major event that left her struggling and in need of healing, a mental breakdown at the age of 19. But what got me thinking about the more everyday situations from which we can recover is one of the causes of her breakdown, emotional suppression, which many of us deal with on a daily basis. We may be conforming to societal expectations, avoiding vulnerability, or escaping from the overwhelming intensity of certain feelings. We may need to recover from a short stint of emotional suppression that caused slight ripples in our lives, or, like this week's storyteller, recover from the long-term consequences, damages to our mental, emotional and even physical well-being. Here's Jessica Thompson. I'm half Finnish and half Scottish. I grew up mostly in Finland. I came here when I was about five. I was born here as well, but we moved away quite quickly. We moved to London when I was like three months old. And then then we moved to Indonesia. And yeah, my like first childhood memories are like in Jakarta in like just, you know, living there for like one and a half years. I was quite happy. Like my parents always said that I was very happy as a kid. 
I would be a kid in a public transport who made friends and, and then we would go to their house and I would be the one connecting our families. And then my parents split up with like most kids who've gone through that it ends up kind of having an effect on you more or less for me it was kind of shutting myself off and my emotions because I didn't want to burden others because you know when you're like five years old and your brain has a capacity of a five-year-old you're like okay I don't want to make the situation worse because it was you know I could sense that people are struggling and they're sad and they're going through a lot of stuff so I won't tell about my feelings I, I didn't really feel like I had the space to be sad and emotional for me it was also like the kind of culture that I, I think it's it's mostly here in Finland, but I would also say that maybe in the UK as well a bit about how girls are sometimes or quite often brought up to kind of be good girls and, you know, don't really think about yourself, just think about others and always kind of be smiling and nice. So which kind of puts a really small box in where you can be sad and angry and also the fact that I thought that there's there's too much going on when I was a kid and my parents split up. I had one sister as well. She's one year younger than me. And we moved to Finland because of the split up and everything. It was a tough time for sure because like my mom hadn't been in Finland for a long time. And she basically moved here with two kids and she went to school again. And she like studied economics and stuff. And I remember her like really struggling back then, but like she always was like a really kind of strong role model like she tried to keep it together when i really started to struggle i was in i was in school and i felt like i couldn't deal with my anxiety like i remember i could barely go to class and uh, i would skip certain classes and i would i would have this like spot above my city that i live in and I would like go there and just look at the scenery and just be like really numb and just like I still remember the spot I used to go there like every week and just sit there and and that was like the only place where I felt like a bit of peace like my anxiety was really bad I was like overwhelmed with negative thoughts about myself and this like horrible feeling that I could not get away like it didn't matter what I did if I went to like my favorite places or spent time with my favorite people like it was always there now that I look back it was because I didn't know how to cope with it at all I had no apps I had I didn't even realize I had no awareness of mental health and taking care of your mental health I didn't even really understand what that meant I was like is that like to do with headaches or like what does that mean I, I went through 19 years of not really talking about my emotions or even like knowing that they were there and I saw myself like abusing alcohol. In the UK it's very much part of the culture and it's very much part of the culture here. So it was also almost like a joke I think in my friend's group that Jessica because she's like half Scottish and half Finnish like she can drink like a fish you know and it was like a joke kind of thing. 
one of my good friends, she said, oh, like, Jessica, I've been to therapy. Have you made me thought that you should go to? And that was like the first time ever that I thought like maybe my mental health isn't perfect. <laughs> like up until that point, I thought never in my life has there been an event that or anything that could cause me to need to take better care of my mental health. Without me realizing it, I think that was the first time that some someone outside actually saw my suffering and my suffering mental health for what it was and said something about it. I think the kind of most sad thing about my my struggle now thinking back is like how alone I felt with it. I think that is because of the culture and the society that we live in is that when when people struggle with their mental health that it just feels like they're so alone and it's it's so sad because now that I'm kind of brave enough to open up about it and I talk about it very actively it's like almost every person says oh yeah I can relate and it's like why why did I not know that <laughs> before I ended up going to a school psychiatrist and a day and I, I said something like I still didn't believe that it was anything with me or my family or my past or anything. I just thought like it was something going on in my 19 year old life. I was like, oh, like I've just split up with my boyfriend and I'm having struggles with that. And then I thought that was the issue. But the therapist, like the psychiatrist straight away, she went like, no, like I think like something's happened in your past, like bring it on, bring it on. And I was like, no, no, like I don't think so. But then when we got to talking, I realized like, oh my God, there's been a lot of stuff that I've felt a lot of pain and sadness about, but I've never shown or told anyone because I just didn't know how to, like I never learned how to mm, be sad or or say those sad emotions out loud. Like it, it was just not a skill I had. I went there for like four months. Unfortunately, my school psychiatrist uh she did a good job but like she didn't i don't think looking back i don't think she like realized what i was actually struggling quite hard and she didn't guide me into more help and she ended up giving me some advice that i didn't really agree with she said like you can just cut like family contacts and i was like no i'm i don't want to do that i just want to i think i need to like work with me and you know we didn't just see eye to eye so i ended up just like stopped I didn't go anymore, I stopped it. And then I was just left with my own, you know, way of dealing with my problems again, which was like drinking and partying and trying to have fun and just like existing, I guess. And I did graduate and everything, but um, ended up not getting into uni and stuff because of that. And it really kind of put big breaks in my future and all of that, how that was going to build up that was a really kind of messy time after that I always wanted to move to London after I got my like basic education done here and I always wanted to be in acting acting was like a huge part of my life and obviously I thought like London is a great place to do that so I moved to London the first half year that I spent there was like really bad for me like I just had a lot of anxiety I think I I had this like dream for a long time of like what the what the London acting scene would be like for me and I imagined like red carpets and all of that stuff 
And the reality was that I was like working at Garfunkel's in like Leicester Square with minimum wage and realizing that rent is like three times higher than it is here in where I live in Finland. So yeah, that was a slap in the face. <laughs> and uh, I became a waitress basically because I thought like, well, that's what actors do when they are not actors yet. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. I struggled for half a year like that and I couldn't even... I was lucky enough that my dad lived there and he he opened up his home for me. So I lived with him, which was fun. But like still, I didn't really enjoy my life at that point at all because it was not what I wanted at all. So I ended up moving back to Finland. And that's when I, I think I, I, I might have gotten like really depressed. I wasn't diagnosed with depression or anything. But all of these dreams that I've always had, I went to chase them and I had to come back here. And it was like, I ended up being in a school cafeteria washing dishes. And I was like, what is my life? It was like such a low point because I still had no skills to cope with my mental health, which also meant that I blamed myself for it a lot because I had no idea that other people were struggling like me, which is, I mean, my struggles are quite common actually but I had no awareness of that I had no awareness of how to take care of it I had no awareness that it is not my fault and oh, oh then it is but it's not like to blame on me so yeah then after, after coming back to Finland I kind of got myself back together a bit and then I thought I'd moved back to London this time I moved with some Finnish friends into a flat and lived there for one year. Imagine like 21 year olds living in London and just like trying to be actors and actresses and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And it kind of felt like Friends, the show, but it, it wasn't like that at all. <laughs> it was crazy. I started to feel happy at, at that time after a long time. Like that was one of the happiest times of my life for sure but I still didn't really feel happy inside in a weird way so I was like happy in a sense but not happy in a sense um, because I still had the same struggles I had just replaced that with something fun which was my community which I was living in again I jumped from job to job I was actually lucky enough to get a job from the west end I was working in Le Mis as one of the people who checked tickets and stuff like an usher but yeah, I, my jobs didn't last because I didn't really care for them. I was never into it and I wasn't like motivated enough to pretend to be into it. I had like four jobs within a year in London and then I decided that I want to go to uni and I, I want to come to Finland to do that because education is free for me here. I made the decision to move back here again. I got my own apartment for the first time where I just lived. I've always had roommates before that. And I think that was like a really big thing with my healing because for the first time I had my own space where I could just be as sad and as happy and everything in between as I could. Having that own space really gave me a cocoon <laughs> to kind of rest in. And then I started the journey to go into uni which is actually still kind of going on but um it was also a big part of my healing because I for the first time was actually excited to 
do studying and become academic and I realized also through my slow process of getting to know myself that I actually have so many more skills than just acting because I always just kind of thought like no I'm just like an arty person but now I believe that you can be into a lot of stuff like you don't just have to pick one lane so yeah then I got into like economics because I felt like that area in in the world is quite damaged at the moment I think if I could maybe study I could do some good stuff there I think that was really motivating for me to think that I could make some big changes even though it might never happen but just working towards that was so rewarding at that time because I'd felt so shit about myself for such a long time that kind of started to become my project before I just thought I had this like one career I didn't even think I could do anything else than art because I'm, I'm, I know I love art and it's a big part of who I am that's always been ever since I was a kid and my parents split up it's been a huge therapeutic tool for me but later on I realized also that I have a lot more that I'm into like geography and and plants like I have so many house plants and and dogs I love dogs all those things were something that I didn't know about myself before so it's really great that I've also going to know me in a totally different way it's kind of like first you had the picture of yourself which was like this drawn picture that looked like one of those lined drawings that maybe a five-year-old did but now that I've gotten to know myself it's the same picture but it's an oil portrait that's so much more detailed and obviously I'm kind of still the same person but with a lot more edge and colour in the picture. So now you're you're on your healing journey and you're processing your feelings in a different way. Because it sounds like before, you know, you, you really found it difficult to kind of express yourself and to kind of process your emotions and stuff. What Now you're on this journey, what's that like for you? What does that look like for you? It's not about how you process your emotions necessarily, but it's more of just the fact that you process them. Because like before, I didn't even process them. Now I have a lot of tools that I've gone from therapy and people around me that I know how to deal with their thoughts and I know how they work. I understand that you know, thoughts cause big emotions if you just let them kind of roll around in your head. I've learned a lot about how to love myself and how to kind of force that positive talk into my head because all of that negative thought that comes from within and all of that negative negative self-talk that we have, it's, for me at least, it's just been about replacing it with positive. So it's, it, for me, it hasn't really even trying to shove the negative away because in a way that's what I did for a long time I just like shoved the negative away so it's doesn't really work for me to shove it away I just had to like really build a lot of positive stuff to balance it out biggest shift in getting to know myself was just realizing that this takes a lot of time before I was kind of like okay if I get to understand more about this mental health and I study it for like one month then I'll be healed and that'll be it but it was it was when I realized that it's kind of like training at the gym when you have to do it every week continue doing it and if you stop doing it it'll go bad again 
So when I realized that you have to look at it like a hobby, like, okay, I have to invest time into this, realizing that it's not just something you can look into for one summer and then forget about it. <laughs> it's something you have to kind of even force sometimes. It's not something you want to do all the time. Sometimes it's a thing that is really great, but sometimes it's kind of like, oh, I don't have the energy or the motivation to do this. But that's when you still have to go and do it, kind of like, you know, exercise. It requires a lot of just blindly believing in yourself. I mean, in the beginning, there's you do, people say it works, but but if you don't really have the proof and if you're already kind of struggling, I mean, it, it, it's 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 all about believing in yourself, which is so hard, and it's especially hard when you don't see anything in your life that points into that, that direction. So I don't know. I I don't know what it was within me that I was like, okay, maybe I'll just try and. I think I was kind of like thinking, okay, I'll try, but if if that doesn't work, I'll just like become a particle girl for the rest of my life or something. I think I'm really lucky to have had the journey that, that I did because it could have ended up so much worse. And I know that. I also, which is really great with my healing that now that I've been kind of healing, I'd say for like five years, well, more or less, I mean, depends how you want to look at it, but it's great when you have those sim those feelings that I've had like when I was like 10 you know I get feelings that are full of hope and excitement about my future and and they're all because of me and what I see about myself now and then when you get that feeling and you kind of the second thought is like oh my god like I felt this way last time like 15 years ago like that is I think one of the greatest feelings when when you start to heal from something like that is like you get all of these feelings and emotions that have just been like locked away for such a long time and you didn't you didn't remember that they could even exist so there's a there's a question i'm asking everyone what does recovery mean to you recovery for me means finding yourself and becoming your best friend You've been listening to Recovery From Anything. I'm your host, Abby Felton. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review the show and join the community on Instagram at Recovery From Anything. You can find out more about this week's storyteller or submit a story of your own on our website, recoveryfromanything.com. Thank you for listening.